Hello, it's Delisted, the podcast again. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. On April 9th, there were two major celebrity deaths. Prince Philip, a.k.a. the Queen's husband, died from being 99 years old, uh, pretty much. Is that the official cause of death, Michael? Yes, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, DMX died after suffering an overdose a week before. So because Philip and DMX died the same day, it created this weird fight on the internet over which one of them was worse. You mean more like more tragic? No, which one of who which one of them was the worst person? Oh, okay. So the opposite of what I was talking about then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which I should have seen coming, but I did not see that coming. Well, I didn't see them dying on the same day, first of all. Second of all, when they, I, Prince Philip died uh, first, and then and then we heard about DMX, and I did not think like, oh, everyone's going to start fighting about like who was the worst person. Like, for example, so Kerry Washington tweeted, anybody else wondering what DMX and His Royal Highness Prince Philip are chatting about together at the pearly gates. My love to both their families. May they both rest in peace. By the way, I love that visual. Yeah, yeah, up in heaven. And there's like angels and both of them have angel wings on and they like bump into each other as they're trying to go through the gate first. Like, oh, no, you go. Oh, you go. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Aren't you that rapper DMX? No, the way I saw my visual was like, they're like shooting, they knew each other. They sh- shooting the shit waiting for the gate to open. I was like, why isn't the gate open? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like they're locked out. Like the sign says 11 and it's 11.05 already. And they're like, oh, can somebody open the gate already? Yeah. So Carrie, she ended up deleting that um, because she got shit. So most yeah. told Carrie to delete it because according to them, Philip and DMX are not in the same place. Uh, Philip was a racist, so according to them, he's looking up at us, you know, yeah. while, with flames around him, and DMX is looking down at us with angels around him. Hmm. Now, of course, others piped in to say that DMX not in, was not an angel because he abused dogs, he was charged with animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. You know, his lyrics, you know, they mentioned his lyrics being homophobic. Mm-hmm. So there was a fight about, like like I said, who was the worst person. Right. I mean, it's like the bad people Olympics. It's true. I think it's very rare for someone to die and they're, oh, no, you don't actually? No, wrong, Allison. No, this doesn't work. I was going to say, it's very rare when somebody dies and you don't have, like, a bad thing to say about them. But it's like, guess what? When Richard Simmons dies? No. Nobody will have any bad stories. No, but it was very weird because I'm like, they just died. And it's like, no, he was the worst. No, he was the worst. No, he did this. No, he did that. The yeah. universe was like, you know what? Maybe I'll give them Harvey Weinstein so they can all shut up today. It didn't happen, but, you know. So now we're going to move on to Prince Philip's funeral. Uh, that's going to happen Saturday, April 17th. It's going to be a low-key affair. Like, he's entitled to a big grand funeral, but apparently he didn't want anything fussy, and it's the pandemic time. See, it's funny, because he definitely seems a bit like a star-studded extravaganza type. Really? I think he would have liked the the pomp of all of it. He would have wanted uh, to see people get out some hats. Maybe. 
I don't know. I didn't watch The Crown, so I don't know, like, if he was into that. Maybe, I think that, yeah, maybe he might have complained that it was, like, going on too long. And, like, there were too many people and it was making things stuffy. The air was not good. Yes. So there, it's it, so there's going to be only 30 mourners. It will be televised. Philip will get a procession from Windsor Castle to St. George's Chapel. And talk about not being fussy. His coffin will be carried in a custom Land Rover hearse <laughs> that he actually helped design before. Like before his death, of course, his ghost didn't help design it. He no. helped design it because Philip loved Land Rovers. That was his favorite vehicle. Mm-hmm. And not too long ago, he, he was driving one and it flipped. Mm-hmm. He like T boned a car and it flipped. So he loves Land Rovers. Um, yeah, so that's that's going to happen. And the funeral should really be about Prince Philip's life and the Queen losing her husband of 70-something years. 73. It's so long. A long time. Mm -hmm. But it's going to turn everyone into... What everyone's going to watch is Prince Harry and Prince William. And Mm -hmm. if they start slapping each other. Because like those who have watched the Oprah interview know that they aren't speaking. Mm -hmm. They're still, as the tabloids say, bad blood. All caps. Like the Taylor Swift song. (laughs) Yes. And Harry is in London right now. He flew in from California this week and he has to quarantine for a few days before rejoining the family. This is the first time he's been in London for over a year. Mm-hmm. Meghan Markle staying in California because she's like seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. So her doctor told her that she shouldn't fly. And I mean, it's already going to be awkward. It would have been extra awkward with her there. Yeah, it would have been weird. I don't blame her. Like, even if the doctor had been like, no, you're, you can fly, whatever. I'd be like, I'm not going. First of all, it's like an 11-hour flight, I think. I think I read that it's like 11 hours, which yeah. to me, the longest flight I've ever been on is five hours, and that was too long. But you and- know what? When you're in first class, that 11 hours probably flies by fast. <laughs> Maybe, but still, well, no, because you like you're free to walk about the cabin, but like there's only so many places you can walk. Like you just walk to the toilet and back. Um, th- in first class, they have beds, so you just take an Ambien, go Mimi times. You wake up, you're in London. <laughs> I don't think you can take Ambien when you're that pregnant. <laughs> you get on the plane, you can't? they're like, I don't think so. They're you like get on the plane and they're like. Yeah, they're like, ma'am, you're too pregnant to fly. It's like, no, don't worry, but I got so many drugs. Okay, four glasses of wine then. Is that better? <laughs> yeah, most doctors recommend a minimum of four glasses of wine yeah, when you're four, pregnant. Four or five glasses of wine, mm-hmm, yeah, and mm-hmm. she'll be she'll be good to go. Well, also, it would be awkward because we all know that the Oprah interview is what really killed Philip. So, oh, <laughs> according to, according to Pierce Morgan and the Internet, yes, yeah, that that would be awkward. So. Both Harry and William gave statements about Philip's death, and they gave them kind of at the same time. So some tabloids call it dueling statements. It wasn't <laughs> a dueling statements. I love how they. I love how they act like they were like they were tripping over themselves to get out their statement first. It's like they had a window of like two hours. Chances are they would have kind of they would have happened at the same time. It's not like yeah. It's not like yeah. one of them was going to wait. Two weeks later. Exactly. Yeah. So William talked about his grandfather's years of service, 
said he had a mischievous sense of humor and praised him for being kind to his wife, Duchess Kate. Harry said something similar. He also wrote, My grandfather was a man of service, honor, and great humor. He was authentically himself with a seriously sharp wit and could hold the attention of any room due to his charm and also because you never knew what he might say next. He was my grandpa, master of the barbecue, legend of banter, and cheeky right till the end. I threw a side eye at that master of the barbecue thing, but then I googled it and he did barbecue <laughs> there was like a picture <laughs> of him barbecuing he's, he's wearing like a little apron that says kiss the cook sweet snog the cook snog yeah <laughs> snog snog the sausage griller so yeah do you think harry and william are going to heal their rift as the tabloids say um uh, during this the trip fr- during the funeral <laughs> as it's being broadcast yeah no, I don't think so. Because I think that, like, funerals, not that I have any experience with this, like, I need to stress that I'm not being shady right now, but um, funerals have a tendency to bring out the worst in people sometimes, right? Like, you know how, like, a, fun- a funeral is, like, a sad time and, like, emotions are running mm-hmm. high. And if you are, like, in a fight with someone mm-hmm. and you have to, like, be in the same room as them and there's only 30 of you in the room, so it's not like you can, like, escape and, like, hide... Um, and cameras are on you. Cameras are on you, and people are already like dead. Like the Daily Mail is already writing about like Harry wore a gray suit because he knows that William hates the color gray. You know, like they're already doing stuff like that. So yeah, like yeah. Harry touched his neck, and that means you know he's suffocating and he's choking from Meghan Markle controlling his life. He misses yeah. his family. <laughs> Yeah, he he scratched his ear, which was a sign to his brother saying, hear me, brother, hear my cries. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're definitely not going to. I don't even think that there's going to be like, you know, like a 10 minute sit down meeting. I think Harry's just going to be like in and out. He might say like hi to the one cousin that he likes. And then he's back on a plane. Two. The two, two cousins. Yeah, Eugenie and Beatrice. Oh, he likes both of them. Well, that's Yeah, I nice. think he likes both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that they're going to like, will there be like a a moment during the funeral where him and William like hug each other? Yeah, I'm sure. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I th- Maybe, well, I think they'll either outside or something. They'll probably see each other before the funeral. So maybe the hugging will happen there. But yeah, I think there's there's going to be something. Yeah, I don't know. I think that if there is going to be something, though, it's going to be public. Like, it's going to happen on camera. Because As I, it should. I mean, yeah, like, treat us treat us to something. It's been a for all of us. Like, just give us, a, give us a hug that we can play back over and over again. A hug that we can play back over and over again. That's how desperate I am. I just want to see two men hugging. Two brothers. Uh, I know where... Uh, <laughs> it's called Pornhub. Type that exact two brothers hugging and you'll get that and more. Not in a nasty way, in a tender way. <laughs> nice way. All right. Well, moving on from funerals to careers that almost died. Uh, we're moving on to the alleged revelation that maybe Justin Timberlake was maybe the reason for Janet Jackson's, Jackson's Super Bowl halftime show wardrobe malfunction that was a lot of words so i mean i don't even know how to set the segment up because i feel like everyone 
knows about Janet Jackson's 2004 Super Bowl halftime show performance. Yeah. Like, I bet if I went and asked my two-year-old daughter right now and was like, what can you tell me about Janet Jackson's 2004 Super Bowl performance? She'd be like, well, titties. At the end of the performance, Justin Timberlake came out and ripped off her top. Like, I think everyone knows about it. So... But, I mean, in case you don't, it was Super Bowl XXXVIII. It was sponsored by AOL. What number is that? XXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXX
uh, with Madonna and Britney and Madonna kissed. And it was like a huge thing. It was massive. And I, again, people kind of forgot that Christina Aguilera was there as well. And she also kissed Madonna because people were so focused on Britney because she just broken up with Justin Timberlake and he'd released Cry Me a River. And like everybody was talking about how they hated each other. And like there was that like story that they allegedly got into a dance off at a club. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, of course, like Madonna and Britney kiss and then it like cuts to Justin Timberlake in the audience and he's like giving a dirty look. So according to Wayne Scott Lucas, Justin Timberlake wanted his, he wanted that halftime show to be way bigger, get way more attention, mm-hmm. have have people being like, oh, what? Britney Spears kissed who? I forget because all I, all I care about right now is Justin titty. Timberlake's huge, yeah, his huge Super Bowl moment, a starfish covered titty. So this is what Wayne Scott Lucas said so he said that justin were like insisted on doing something bigger than britney's performance and he wanted a reveal so he wanted some kind of like big surprise uh wayne says i wouldn't call it a wardrobe malfunction in a million years it was the most functioning wardrobe in history as a stylist it did what it was intended to do and so wayne had a ri- like wayne said that originally the plan was that justin because it like the song ends with I'm going to have you naked by the end of this song. So it was going to end uh-huh. with him like pulling off Janet's skirt um, and like revealing a thong, but that didn't really work out, I guess. And so allegedly maybe they decided on pulling off her shirt, which again, Janet has never really talked about this. And so it feels weird to be like, you know, alleged, alleged, alleging something where we're like, Oh, we don't really know what happened here. Um, but the point is, Justin, allegedly, according to Wayne Scott Lucas, really wanted something so huge. He wanted something bigger than Britney Spears kissing Madonna. And I guess that was seeing Janet Jackson's titty. So my question to you is, do you think that it was Justin Timberlake's idea or did he just go along with an idea that somebody else threw out? I think it was his idea because mm-hmm. it, like, I went back and rewatched it mm-hmm. and it it's very sloppy. Like it looks yes. like they came up with it like literally five minutes before getting on stage mm-hmm. because it's like, he kind of just like awkwardly grabs it, pulls it off. And then she, I don't know if she was trying to act like she was surprised or if she was like, Oh no, this is a flop. Yeah. <laughs> like I, cause her face was like, the whole thing was sloppy. So yeah, I think he came up with it. And they came up with it like 10 minutes before. So the style is saying like they came up with all these ideas. I believe that. And then at the last minute, they're like, let's do this because it was sloppy. Yeah, it's very much like a drag race, you know, reveal with some Velcro where it was just kind of like, you know, a half hour before they hit the runway. They're like, oh, man, I really want I really need to up this outfit. Let's do a reveal. Let's just do a tearaway here. Also, I am completely on board with your theory because Janet Jackson is a professional. And if I know anything about Janet Jackson, it's that her choreography, it's like everything is choreographed. She like choreographs her blinks. Yeah. So the fact that that was as sloppy as it was, that tells me that Janet Jackson wasn't behind it. Yeah. And it is weird to me how it was so like scandalous at the time mm-hmm. because it is just like a piercing or whatever or a titty cover. You can't really see nipple. No. Uh, so you, I don't yeah. re- so it what's crazy to me is how people were so offended by it. 
Yeah. And also, too, it's like this was at a time before we all had like high definition televisions. We were still watching stuff on like, you know, like the four by three, like Sony Trinitron. Yeah, we're like, it's all, yeah. Like when it happened, I was like, I think I saw a titty. Like if I was called to testify, I'd be like, I can't say with certainty that I saw yeah. a titty. And I mean, there was already a big boob on stage. His name was Justin Timberlake. But I'm bummed. I liked that one. <laughs> so, I, I liked so, it. Yeah, I, I'm still like, I can't believe people lost their minds over this. I can't believe Janet's career was affected by that. I know. It was, yeah. But I, yeah, I totally believe that it was Justin's idea. And I believe that stylist. Yeah. And also, too, I don't like how, I don't like how Justin Timberlake felt like he needed like a big reveal because I know that he like obviously wanted to overshadow Britney Spears. Of course he did. But like the performance is the moment that would get attention. Like it's Janet Jackson performing at the Super Bowl. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's not like Mm -hmm. it's not like Justin Timberlake performing at the Super Bowl. What? Three years ago. You know, where, like, nobody cared. No offense yeah. to Justin Timberlake. Like, no offense. I even forgot about that. And I am really upset with you for bringing up that traumatic time. I know. Do of you watching how- Justin Timberlake. I totally forgot. And you remember how it was during his, like, folk era, too? Yeah, and he brought Prince into it. It was a disaster. It was so bad. Well, he got his moment. That's what we'll remember him for. And it, you couldn't tell that he was, like, he thought this super this Super Bowl performance was a big deal because Janet Jackson was dressed like a superstar performing at the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Justin Timberlake was dressed like the assistant stock manager at a Journeys. (laughs) Like That is so accurate. It was... When I looked at it, I was like, he really wore that? Yeah, he's wearing like the scrubbiest pants. It's just like plain khakis and then just like a t-shirt with like a jacket. It was so basic. And I mean, yeah. So that was more offensive than the titty flash. So was Kid Rock. I was like, Kid Rock, I forgot about that. That's more offensive than Janet's titty. Yeah. When I went back and rewatched that, I was like, oh, that guy is here. I like fast forwarded through it. I was like, I don't want to see this. (laughs) That's what the complaint should have been about. (laughs) Okay. So finally, we're going to end with a story that make Drew Barrymore's Firestarter character proud. Um, four teenage girls whose ages range from 12 to 14. Two of them are 12 years old. Two of them are 14 years old. So they were arrested on juvenile charges in Ferndale, Pennsylvania, for setting fire to an empty duplex because they were bored. So the police say that the girls took a shoebox and filled it with paper and then sprayed bug spray and Lysol on it. <laughs> they put the box on a couch in the empty duplex, and then lit it on fire. The house, of course, went up in flames. Firefighters had to put it out. Um, One officer and one firefighter had to go to the hospital for smoke inhalation. They're fine now, thankfully. (laughs) So the reason why the police knew the girls did it is because, of course, the girls had to put it on Snapchat. Oh, my God. So dumb. <laughs> That's how they got caught. And they told the police they did it because they were bored. That was their reason. So they were charged with felony arson as well as causing catastrophe, trespassing, and endangering another person. So the girls were later released to their parents. Oh, my God. 
They would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that darn Snapchat. Probably not. They probably they, because they probably would have told people. So they probably would not have gotten Monday morning gotten at school. They would have like kicked yeah. the door and been like, "Guess what we did this weekend." <laughs> So my question for you, Allison, is mm-hmm. what is the most dangerous thing you did as a kid out of boredom? Well, we're, we were always bored as a kid. So uh, what was the most dangerous thing you did? Don't If it's anything illegal, keep it to yourself because I don't want to be called to testify in the trial. Uh, what's the statute of limitations on dangerous uh, teenager <laughs> behavior? Okay, so the most dangerous thing that I did, I was, okay, I was not like... I was not a risky teen at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I was way too good. Like, I'm really combing, you know, through my Rolodex to think of a time when I was, like, did something dangerous. I think the most dangerous thing that I did out of boredom, I guess I would say, is um, at my grandparents' house uh it's like an old it's a really old house it's like 150 years old mm-hmm. and they don't have a basement but they mm-hmm. like in the winter time you could like slide under it um slide under what the house the whole house yeah okay <laughs> so it was like icy and stuff but okay. i mean underneath there is like 150 years worth of like pipes and yeah. tubing and like old animals. bottles and stuff animals who who even knows but my sister and i like in the winter time we'd get we'd put on like our snow pants and we would try to slide as far underneath the house as we could, which again, it's like, that's not safe. And then the other one was one time I was babysitting and, um, I accidentally, uh, tripped over a, like an ottoman, like a chair ottoman. And I'd convinced myself like, Oh, you broke your ankle. Like your ankle's broken. It wasn't, it was totally fine. But I was like, Oh God, this is so bad. And so I decided to heat up a, dish towel to like put on my ankle because i was like mm-hmm. oh i need to like i like i was like i have like an net i have an hour and a half of babysitting left i need to relax like you've worked so hard that you almost sprained your ankle or whatever and then i put the tea towel in the microwave and i didn't like wet it or anything first um and it caught on fire yeah so, like, okay yeah that's not bad because you were not trying to fuck shit i wasn't trying no i was like i probably could have just sat on that couch and put my leg up on the couch and i would have been fine like I don't know why I had to go so extra and try to wrap it up in something warm, but... Did the microwave explode? No, but it had burn marks on the inside of it. And For like the years. Pa- yeah, did, the parent- did you cop to it? Oh, yeah, of course. I was, like, crying. I was like, I'm sorry, I burned your kitchen towel. And then they had me back, like, two times after that, so I don't think they cared very much. Yeah, they didn't care. Yeah, I would have blamed it on the kid, personally, but yeah, <laughs> I think they you, were too- you were very honest. <laughs> they they might have been too young. might have been, like, a three-year-old. They'd be like, what, what are you doing letting a three-year-old use the microwave? Um, okay, so what's something dangerous that you did out of boredom? I I'm didn't. Excited. I see, like, there were a lot of kids in my neighborhood who, like, these girls, they just like to destroy shit. Like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes kids, they just like to ruin shit. Yeah. Like, they like to go to, you know, like, there were, like, a lot of new construction in our neighborhood, like, yeah. in the hills. And okay. some people would just go and, like, break windows and stuff. You oh know, they would God. just do shit. Yeah, bad, bad, bad kids. So, for me, it's kind of like yours. It was an accident, but it was really stupid. Like, it was a stupid accident. So, this was probably oh when I was, like, 11 maybe 12 years old. And my mom had bought a camcorder. And I used this camcorder all the time. I made movies with my friends, made music videos, used it all the time. So we decided to do this horror movie where I was a medium who summoned the devil and then the devil killed me. So we filmed it in the garage. 
where where devils often hang out. The well, because it was so dark, I was like, "This we need to be dark." Mm-hmm. So I'm. I said the setup is I'm sitting down, and back of me is like cur- sheer curtains, and I, we made them hang like by with two floor lamps and I think some rope maybe mm-hmm. or some kind of string. So it was this was hanging behind me, and then on either side of me was a friend. Each friend had uh, a can of aerosol hairspray Mm -hmm. and a lighter. You know where this is going. I do. And so when I would summon, when I summon the devil, they spray the, you know, spray the hairspray, Uh light the lighter and flames will come behind me. So it was like flame, flamer in front of flames, basically. (laughs) So they do it. And the the curtain ca- catches on fire, and it's I think it's rayon because it goes fast. Oh yeah, that's that's a synthetic it, fabric for it sure. It was like fast, so I ran, and we're like screaming, "What do we do?" So I open the garage, and we like take it out and stomp it out, whatever, like with whatever. So I like I could have probably burned down my mom's house. You could have easily burned it down. That would have been a chemical fire too with all that spray. Yes, definitely. And I and I do think like if if like Snapchat and TikTok existed then it would one hundred percent have been on Snapchat <laughs> sure. and TikTok. One hundred percent I would have put it on Snapchat and TikTok. And I'd probably end up in jail because of it. Like thank God that didn't exist back then. Oh, Michael, it would have been embarrassing. Somebody would have like started a viral dance based off of the like sound of you screaming. <laughs> or the sound of you screaming from the um what t- towel microwave? Yeah, <laughs> towel microwave fire. Allison and I are now going to talk about five stories, starting with Macaulay Culkin. He's a dad. So Macaulay Culkin, who is forty years old, announced that he and his girlfriend of four years, Brenda Song, welcomed a baby boy last week. Brenda's thirty-three, and nobody knew she was pregnant. They named the boy Dakota after Macaulay's sister, who died in 2018. Congratulations, we're all ancient now. Absolutely. And I guess you could say Macaulay Culkin is not home alone anymore. No, but he's also, got a baby, baby, he's got nannies. Yes, but also don't leave that baby home alone. Don't do that. No, especially with... a um, And don't leave them with Allison because she'll set your microwave I'll set on your fire. house on fire. <laughs> So, Brenda's song, She's Asian, and in 2018, Macaulay told People magazine that he couldn't wait to have babies with her. He said, I'm going to have some pretty babies. She's Asian, so I'm going to have my little Asian babies. It's going to be adorable. A bunch of Sean Lennons running around the house is what I'm looking for. A mess. (laughs) Oh, no. But if Macaulay's baby didn't come out singing, what's a Sean Lennon song? Uh, is he the son that had a relationship with John or the one that didn't have a relationship with John? You're asking me way too much about the <laughs> Lennons. That I don't. Let's, let's go with the one who did. Oh, yes. Wait, yes. Because that's Sean Lennon is Yoko, Yoko Ono. Ono's. And... Yeah. I honestly can't tell you a Sean Lennon okay. song. I'm sorry. Just make one up. Hi, my name is Sean Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Sean Lennon. My name is Sean this Lennon. Is my song. This is my song. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> so speaking of babies, Jennifer Aniston, she did not adopt one. 
The, uh, so the Friends reunion was recently filmed and tabloids claimed that during filming, Jen told the other friends that she was in the process of adopting a baby. Jen's rep tells TMZ that this is not true and she's not adopting a baby. But the year is 2021 and we're still talking about Jennifer Aniston's babies. Exactly. And so with that, tabloid publishers just let out a huge sigh of relief because they're like, Oh, thank God she didn't adopt a baby because we were hoping to write about her expecting baby joy news well into her 90s. So Magic Mike has been two movies. It's been a strip show in Las Vegas, and now it's going to be a reality competition show. So Channing Tatum and director Steven Soderbergh are going to executive produce a reality show for HBO Max called The Real Magic Mike. And in it, 10 regular dudes who have lost their magic, will compete for money and a chance to perform in the Magic Mike show in Las Vegas. When is Channing Tatum going to stop milking every last drop out of Magic Mike? And when is he going to film that? Because I want to see that. That's like a... Because <laughs> he's Magic Mike, right? Yeah. That's a self-sucking video, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sign me up. Oh, my God. All I'll say about this is... I think it's good that they're doing it at HBO because HBO is cable, which means they've got some money um, and they're going to need money because I, at my estimation, they're at least $1 million of their production budget is going to have to go to gray sweatpants. Grace, yeah, and oil. Yeah, oil, gray sweatpants, uh, <laughs> waxing, at-home waxing kits. <laughs> Jaleel White, who played Steve Urkel on Family Matters, is now in the game of selling weed. Jamil, uh, Jaleel has partnered with 710 Labs to produce a marijuana line called It's Purple, which will feature variants of his weed strain, Purple Urkel. It will launch in California weed dispensaries on 420. Did yeah. I smoke that? Oh! Did I talk you that? You took my Jinx. You took my But I mean, it's a good joke. <laughs> you... Do you like do your Steve Urkel impression again? No, you let me hear yours. Did I smoke that? Oh, yours is way better. I'm not. I did mine. It was flopped. <laughs> no, they're yeah, both good. So you won that one. The pleasure of Urkel said anybody can do an Urkel. Yeah. So fresh off from saving the world with her coronavirus vaccine, although I heard Pfizer has less side effects than Moderna. I'm going to get struck down for that. We're talking about, about <laughs> no, Dolly. No, how dare you. So, but Dolly now has her um, own ice cream flavor. So Dolly has joined forces with Jenny's Ice Cream to make Dolly Parton's Strawberry Pretzel Pie Ice Cream. Mm -hmm. And proceeds will go to Dolly's charity, the Imagination Library. Now, each pint is sold for $12. And the first run sold out. Jenny's website crashed because of everyone trying to buy Dolly's ice cream. And currently on eBay, one pint of Dolly's ice cream is going for $1,000. But Jenny's will sell their next batch of Dolly's ice cream on April 15th. My gosh. Okay. That is so wrong to be selling that ice cream for $1,000. Because first of all, that $1,000 does not go to the Imagination Library. Which, it goes to the pockets of the eBayer. Exactly. So that's wrong. But also, that amount is even too high for Dolly. Like, Dolly is a cheap queen, and she didn't even pay that much for her titties, I assume. Because no, she got she them didn't. in the 70s, and things yeah, were cheaper yeah, yeah. then. And yeah, she probably wouldn't even buy $12 ice cream, which is a lot, too. I mean, it should be uh, made with Dolly's titty leche. 
Well, have you seen the ingredient list? That's true. We're going to do show and tell. This is where Allison and I share and tell about a recommendation. So I've got a movie this week. You, Allison, did a horror movie, The Last Show and Tell. Yes. So I'm going to do one this time around. Mm -hmm. It's called Renapal. It came out last year. I think I watched it on Hulu. Uh, so it was written and directed by John Stevenson. And it takes place like at the beginning of the 90s. It's like 1990, which is practically still the 80s. That's true. So it's it's very 80s. So it's about this middle-aged man who isn't married. And he lives in his mom's basement because he takes care of her. She has dementia. So he's her caretaker, and then he lives in the basement. And he's all lonely, so he joins this video dating service. Like, you know, he gets, like, they give him videos of women, right? Mm -hmm. Like, women shoot their profile or whatever. Like, hi, I'm Jan, I'm into whatever. So he watches those, and then he decides which one he likes, and then if they like his video, it's a match. But he never gets matches. Mm -hmm. So he goes to like the video store or whatever. I mean, the video uh, dating place. And to update his profile because he's not getting any matches. And he see there for sale is a video called Renapal. And Renapal is uh, one guy, like one, just one guy sitting in a chair. And the guy is played by Will Wheaton. And you just, like, when you're lonely, you put on the tape and you, like, talk to each other. Like, you know, hi, how was your day? And then you answer, and then he asks you questions, and then you answer, you ask him. Anyway, so, but because it's a horror movie, then it gets dark. Okay. So it's, like, dark things happen. Will Wheaton's character becomes v very obsessed, you know, and possessive. And, Wait, is it, the, is the tape haunted? No, it's not haunted. Is Will Wheaton haunted? Like, is Will Wheaton like a devil? <laughs> no, I don't think it's anything like that. It's just like this. Yeah, but something's going on with this tape. Okay. And so, yeah, things, things, uh, things happen. So, um, I will say that I didn't love the ending that much, but okay. Will Wheaton is really good in it, and. Mm -hmm. Like, it's in the 80s, and it's very 80s horror movie-esque, so I recommend it. Okay. That sounds really cool, actually. I like that idea for a movie a lot. Yeah, and y you can't go wrong with Will Wheaton. To be honest, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my show and tell is... Mm, oh, it's kind of like... I don't want to say like a departure for me, but I would say like sometimes I recommend some pretty stupid things. No. I, I think stupid is part of my brand <laughs> at this point. But no, but this is like a serious thing. So um, this is, I'm recommending a six-part docu-series that aired on uh, the BBC or was made in connection with the BBC. It was released in February. It's called Can't Get You Out of My Head. And it's by a documentarian named Adam Curtis. So it's six episodes. It's kind of hard to describe. It's not about Kylie Minogue. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Yeah, I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Yeah. It'd be great. I don't even think they reference that song at all in it, which feels like a missed opportunity. But so it's kind of about it's I would say it's mostly about populism and individualism. So populism. Oh, this is smart. This is smart. Here's the thing. OK, it seems like a smart thing. You mm -hmm. know, you know me, Michael. 
I'm not a smart person. You're a very smart person. I would not. I would. I no, would you're a very smart person. Okay, but I don't. Well, I don't like read and stuff like that. So, like for me, this is a, a very easy to digest kind of thing. It's six okay. parts, so it's like each episode I think is like maybe forty five minutes long or an hour long, but it kind of starts in the 1950s and 60s. It's post war. Okay. And it talks about like post war. Post war. <laughs> post war and no Kylie Minogue. <laughs> what a juxtaposition. So it's kind of about like. American imperialism and British imperialism, um, cultural revolutions, conspiracy theories. They touch on like, uh, well, not even touch on. There's like a full episode on uh, the Black Panthers. So it's about why things, I guess the best way I can describe it is, it's hard to describe, but if you wonder why things kind of suck right now, it explains Mm -hmm. that. So it kind of talks about how like technology isolating us as opposed to like the promise of technology was that it was going to like bring us all together which it has but it has also isolated people quite a bit and alienated people it's about that it's about how like um cultural revolutions in like the 1960s how they didn't really they changed some things but like generally it didn't change too much Mm -hmm. um that like people are always going to be afraid of the government even when the government tries to like relate to you and stuff like that um, so it's kind of, it's like both hopeless and hopeful. So you come away from it being like, oh, nothing is going to change. Like nobody's going to do anything about um, global warming and nobody's going to do anything about like, you know, laws that need to change or like, you know, uh, social structure that needs to change. Like that's not going to happen. But then you're also like, no, but it can though. It can actually, it's it's like, here's what could happen for that to actually change. Then the reason So it that, goes through... Yeah, it goes through decade after decade, like starts at 1950 and then pretty much up, up until present now. day. Yeah. And the okay. reason the reason why he sort of did it was it was kind of after Donald Trump got elected. And it was kind of like, how did someone like Donald Trump get elected? Like everybody always says that. Right. But mm-hmm. this kind of talks about it and it says like explains. Yeah. It's like it's not a new theory. It goes all the way back to the 60s. And um, also it's kind of cool, too, because the whole thing is done with um old footage from like the bbc archives so it's okay so it's really cool to watch like you're learning a lot but it's also a really beautiful docuseries to watch as well anyway so i think you can find it online i mean it's bbc they like to give stuff out for free so it shouldn't be that hard to find (laughs) no they are they're generous that way like you don't have to have a subscription or anything so yeah that sounds very smart I, you're very smart, and I think that you would actually really like it. So one of the episodes, they talk about the um, invention of the Illuminati. And so I don't know if you know this, but like, you know. Like Is the, Beyonce in it? Okay, right. Yeah. So they talk about like Beyonce, and they talk about like pop stars and Kesha yeah. and like the triangle and stuff. And the concept of the Illuminati was like invented as a prank in the 1960s. But now, oh, pe- so, okay. but now people believe it, though. That it's, yeah. It's very, it's, it's very cool. It's like, it it's an interesting thing like i learned something so it's can't get you out of my head can't get you out of my head yeah kylie minogue is not affiliated with it but unfortunately uh, no and yours is BBC. and yours is rent a pal rent a pal kylie minogue sadly is not associated with that as well <laughs> we 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 no. really struck out this week no kylie, with the kylie minogue you, sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just lost all of our kylie minogue subscribers <laughs> So that is our episode for the week. Um, If you'd like to ask us a question or you got a tip or you want us to cover something, email us at dtp at delisted.com, dtp at delisted.com. 
And so till next week. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Michael.